And I do welcome you this evening, this morning, or this afternoon, wherever you are on this beautiful blue planet that continues to spin through the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy. You can find us right over on freedomslips.com, Studio A at Revolution Radio. I'm your host, David Dubine, right along with Craig Simpson tonight from Radiant Creators for the first hour. And as we look out at the landscape, you can easily say that the closer we get to the food shortages globally because of this grand solar minimum and secondary magnetic field forming in the outer solar system, the more control there will be over the populace. Now, this is going to take many forms, but I wanted to start off because Craig, you know, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, decentralized economies and peak de peak centralization is kind of where we've hit in the world here. This is the last bastion, the last grasp, the last grab for uh, the globalists to try to move forward with their agendas because there's just a couple of years left. And, I, you know, I had this incredible article come across my desk and I, I sat there and I, I said, is this thing even real? It came from CNBC and they want to tax you on unrealized capital gains. So meaning that if you own anything, even if you don't sell it, they're still going to tax you for the year because you own it and it went up in price on paper. Even though you didn't sell it, you're still going to get taxed on it. You know, if they're coming to this type of thing already in the beginning of this, whatever just occurred over the last couple of days, think about how broke of a joke is a country that is going to tax people on something they own every year. I mean, property taxes are one thing, but now if you own anything of value that has increased for the year, they want to tax you on it, even if you didn't sell it just because you made money. So then my question would be like, well, what happens in a downturn economy? Are you going to kick me a refund? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But these vast changes sweeping through right now, the politics is the distraction for you. The real threat that we should be looking at is global food production and how we're going to maintain these yields. Because looking at the new uh, USDA report for the global grains, down. Oil, global oil seed, down. Wait a second, I thought it was supposed to be up. Argentina now suspends wheat exports after suspending corn exports. Third largest corn exporter in the world and they stopped all corn exports. Now they just did wheat a day ago. EU can't find any wheat to sell. They're down 75 or 78% on their exports. There's such a global shortage of wheat. Everybody's trying to get it. It's a seven and a half year highs, but the EU can't find any to export. Like what? Soft wheat? Are you kidding me? There's a huge disconnect between what's given in terms of production figures globally. The politics is going to distract you marching forward. And this is what it's all about. The closer we get to the global food shortages on these cycles in time and how many cycles are overlapping in time at the moment, you know, at least a 2000 year cycle, that's the bare minimum. The 79 AD planetary geometry is matching here. We have prophecy from many different religions overlapping into this time. We have foretold events in the skies from previous I should say civilizations that used to study the stars. We get into the smaller cycles of the fourth turning, 
the different ocean cycles on their 60-year, the 400-year grand solar minimum. And now we're coming into a collapse on an economic cycle when countries have run their course on the average duration of a nation to last for 253 years. The U.S. is about 20-plus years past the average duration for a superpower to last. And here we sit at the cusp, the precipice of massive changes. The distraction is the politics. Because you're going to be more angry than you could possibly imagine when you realize these politicians have squandered 20 years of your time to get ready for these changes and reorganize their societies for more sustainable living on a community basis and not this whole woo-woo thing that they're trying to push with a green agenda. No, no, no. That's just theft of your money. Green feudalism. Not so good. So, Craig, I appreciate you joining me tonight. This whole Janet Yellen slash new proposal for um, unrealized capital gains being taxed every year. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. That makes you not want to invest. That's going to make you sell everything. That's going to put everybody into ultimate sell mode. Why would government do that? I have no idea. Maybe you're better versed at explaining what just went on with this unrealized capital gain proposal. Well, I just heard about it myself, and it's quite something. All I can think of is the unrealized, unrealized capital gains tax idea. Now, I only recently came across this, and I looked through the article, and you know, it's not exactly clear yet. I mean, Janet Yellen kind of came out in her confirmation hearing and you know laid out things like uh, cryptocurrency transactions that we cannot see, monitor, and approve are terrorism, basically. It's the same line that the uh, old administration put forward, so she's just continuing that. But the unrealized capital gains, all I can think of is, is that the Great Reset? Is that the beginning of it? Are they kind of coming out guns blaring? But Because, as anyone knows, usually capital gains, I mean, you pay those when you make the money. The idea of unrealized capital gains, for one thing, it's drastically intrusive. So now in your taxes, you have to, or well, let's say if this actually happens, you have to start telling them about, you know, what are your unrealized gains? Now, many people, well, actually most, know their unrealized gains or unrealized losses because they haven't, you know, sold yet. But now, for one thing, I look at the accounting hassle that's going to be for so many people. And yeah, I'm thinking Great Reset. What do you think of that? I think it's 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 the beginning of making... Uh, Investing difficult, it definitely discourages it. Discourages it because, I mean, how can you really hold a long-term asset if you are paying capital gains on it? I think it encourages you to do very short, if you're a trader, very very short trades. Because if you have a long trade or a long investment, then you're paying. I mean, if you're making, you know, six uh, percent, like right now, you can take your Bitcoin, you can make six percent. Uh, if you put that into certain like uh, um, certain systems or USDC, you can make up to like 15 or 20 percent. You can make tremendous uh, gains as far as just interest alone in DeFi right now for crypto. But if I'm paying what 40, 30 percent of that uh, every year that I don't actually cash it out, or even if I do, I don't know. To me, it's very, very confusing. All I can think of is great reset. I think it's just basically killing investing and killing, uh, trading in the market in this country. Uh, to me, that that's what I'm seeing. It's the great distraction. 
And it brings me back to that quick little video. The one uh, guy was super happy. And he's like, I live in a world where I own nothing. Yay. It seems like that's trending toward that with this type of possible legislation here is you won't own anything. You won't want to own anything because to own something is going to cost you a lot of money to own it, just even to have it. And see, this is where we get into the the, the whole transition into socialism, communism. And the U.S. was the very last uh, bastion that was holding uh, the, the tidal wave back. It was you know, the last finger that was stuck in one of the breaks in the dike, and, you know, the fa- the hand just got released off of that. What happens to So now equity? that with the U.S. out of the way, then uh, these globalist agendas are going to move full speed ahead. And I am of the volition that the what's coming in 2024 for continuity of government, for governments to hold it together, they're going to introduce rationing at the end of the year and continue to scarf all the resources for their continuity plans for prepping. Uh, it's a vast event coming. And you can see how we're going right now. If you don't own anything, you're going to be more controllable because you won't even be able to pull back into your own house, your own farmhouse, your own countryside, your own land. Well, I mean, look at the the farmland I bought. You know, until I sold. Now that they're going to, with this law proposed, they're going to want to come in and and tax me on the gains on the acreage that I didn't even realize. I'm not going to sell that. That's absolute insanity. It's, I think it's a backhanded way to confiscate because they could send you a big tax bill and you'd be like, well, where'd this come from? And they're like, well, we, the AI realized that you made some money and the things you're holding, it went up from this price. But what if it goes into a hyperinflationary event where they're going to start saying you realize gains on this or something like $27 million because you know, in hyperinflation event, going up a billion dollars is really nothing. But then you're going to be stuck for that first year in the old money until you convert in the hyperinflated money. And perhaps that's the trick. You know, if they can get this, think about this for a second, for a, an easy way for governments to confiscate 90% of everything that's privately owned. They introduce all this legislation of, you know, unrealized capital gains. They put it in the books that you have to pay the tax on it. And then the very next year, they, they let the hyperinflation run Nobody will be prepared for that because there'll be that one lag year of you getting a bill for like $6 million on something and you still have the old money, which is $6 million right now is an enormous amount of money. You could do so much with that. But until you get the new hyperinflated money the following year to pay it off, then everybody will get stuck in that gray zone between the switch of the old money, which we know the value of a dollar is what as is now for purchasing power for the consumer compared to a hyperinflated but they're going to bill you in the hyperinflated money on your realized gains. And then you're going to have to have to be paying it off with the old money that actually still had value. Sneaky little buggers, aren't they? Oh, completely. And you think about it, a home being a place of financial security. So most people, they want to pay it off, then they have it. And you realize, well, you have your property taxes. They're not that extraordinary. Let's live in like California or New York or something like that in the city. So once you paid off your house, it's like the safety net. You go, okay, we've got it. And then... You know, if hard times do come, nobody's working, there's hyperinflation, well, you got your home, and ultimately you're just paying your utilities, your property tax, and it's a safe haven. Um, but now, yeah, exactly, what happens when you get hit with these capital gains taxes? I think it's a great way to destroy, really to put an end to 
home ownership because basically you don't really care how much equity you've got in your house. You just enjoy that. Um, most people, if they've owned a house 20, 30 years or however long, maybe it's been in the red, maybe it's been in the green, but in general, it's in the green. You're aware of the equity that you've got. You can certainly look at Redfin. You know, you can look and you can see what kind of equity, equity you've got. Some people make the, I think, the foolish decision of borrowing, uh, borrow, borrowing against that equity unless it's an emergency. But now, yeah, what happens and, and what percentage is that going to be? Are we looking at like, you know, like look at payroll taxes, what they're 35% at least. Are they going to start um, taxing you yearly on your home? 35% of the equity that you made that year. Um, that's probably enough to wipe a lot of people out financially. And so I think it's a great way in under what, five years or at most a decade, probably two or three years. Think of the amount of uh, homes that just be on the market that nobody would want to buy. I think it would literally end home ownership, except for people who had a lot of money. Yeah, that's the question. Would it be on a, on a yearly basis? So if I say the value of the land or the home went up $20,000 this year, are they going to hit you for a 40% bill or a 35% or whatever? Because they're rewriting all the tax laws now and doing away with what a Trump pushed uh, for, I think, I forget how much it was, 25% for the capital gains. Now they're looking at something like 37%, this new uh, band of marauders coming in to steal more money. So, you know, to get on the universal basic income, all these questions are, well, who's going to pay for that? Well, this very one thing here could explain how they're going to pay for it. They're going to pillage the entire nation of its wealth of every asset that's out there and redistribute that money and give it to free. People aren't working. They don't care. They're getting part of your house now. So if if the value did go up $20,000 in the year, then what are they going to what are you going to be liable for? An $8,000 tax bill because and then what happens next year if it goes up more or what if it drops? See, the whole thing about me, what if it drops? You know, what happens with you're going to get an unrealized tax refund because the price dropped? I highly doubt it. I think it's a one-way street on that. When you make money, they pay. You pay. You get extorted. And uh, I think it's just the legalized theft that's occurring with your wages. You mentioned payroll taxes. You know, here we are bickering of which which is a bigger theft, 25% of your wages or, or 27%? Yeah, yeah, rah, rah for the person who's going to steal only 25% of my money per paycheck. You know, this whole thing of a sham that keeps going across is, you know, they've deluded us into believing that 25% is okay. Oh, this person's going to lower it to 23%. Yeah, they're still stealing 23% of your money every time you get paid. And you're okay with that because you think, oh, lower it 2%, I'll get 2%. No. There was ne there never was an income tax, and it's never been ratified. And there's so much going on with that. And if you look back at the documents, it was never ratified for the income tax. So it's basically illegal. And it is done by the force of Gestapo, basically, where you have armed, whatever you would like to call them, agents of to come in and take you, your body, your house, raid it, whatever, you got to pay. The, again, you know, oh, wait, sorry, Craig. You know, we're talking about something that might get us banned. There's no more free speech across the planet. Oh, well, let's go for it, man. Yeah, might as well. We're not posting this to YouTube. Or, well, maybe we will if it gets sanitized a little bit. Well, sanitize it. Yeah, sanitize it, yeah. Um, well, I also just look at you know, people who are holding Bitcoin. And since I do that, you know, quite a lot, 
um, people have made incredible gains if they've been holding it a couple of years. And then you start looking at if you're losing 20, 30 percent of that every year, then you're still probably going to make money. But it it as the person said in the article, it discourages investing in this country. And I think that's really what they want to do now. We'll see if this actually happens, but it would discourage – I would see a lot of people who are traders, who are investors. This is something that already happens, but I think you'd see it even more where they just start making you know, corporations offshore and running their business from there. So it's devastating to the economy. I think it's meant to be, and there you go. I mean how is – you think about our – uh, boomer age people and older, uh, well, there's not many people older than that right now, but older forms of investing, you know, buying bonds and stuff like that. These things that had incredibly small returns, that that tax would, well, actually, even look at, you know, current investments, that tax is going gonna, is gonna to put you in the hole. It's going to make many things unprofitable. So anyway, that I think is definitely part of the Great Reset. Well, along with other things that Yellen had talked about during her confirmation hearing, the idea of um, crypto wallets that are not on an exchange. If, if they're on an exchange, then there's KYC, not your customer, and the government can see who 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 has what. But if you have your own wallet, if you download the Bitcoin wallet, there's many Bitcoin wallets. There's hardware ones, there's software ones. But if you have one that's kind of off the grid, not part of an exchange, well, you know, if I send Bitcoin to David, then that's all there is to it. He gets it. If he sends me Bitcoin, yeah, I get it. There's no intermediary really, except for the you know Bitcoin node network, which is not messing with you. So what they want to do is they want to make that illegal, basically. They want to say, well, a transaction between two individuals um, or a transaction between an exchange where you would trade currency and an individual wallet, they consider that, well, blatantly, she's saying it's terrorism. She's saying that, you know, if two individuals, uh, like if you if you want to pay somebody, if you want to pay your dog walker, rather than use Venmo or Cash App or uh, PayPal, all of those things which require KYC, and the government can see those transactions, ultimately approve them when it comes down to it, um, that's okay. But now if you want to if you want to pay in Bitcoin, no, because the government can't see it. Basically, they're not certain what happened. So. It does appear that the incoming Biden administration, at least initially, has put that on hold, but we'll see what happens. It's odd that that was one of the things that they took on, but it seems like that that was originally a Moochin thing, and so now it's a Yellen thing. So we'll see if that goes away or not. But that alone is another aspect to me, I think, of the Great Reset. It's it's getting rid of the ability for you know commerce to take place between people without it being labeled as terrorism. And that's kind of really frightening to me. Because, you know, if somebody cuts my lawn and I want to give them $20, well, that's terrorism now, according to the new admin coming in, if they get their way. And it isn't, isn't like Trump's administration didn't try the same thing. But we'll see what kind of force they hit with this. So, hey, people, you know, get ready for the uh, Great Reset. I would say you got to just realize that that's their plan and we'll see how they how they do with that. But, you know... Right now, if we can look at the Bitcoin price, and you can see how the crypto market in general is taking a bit of a hit, and I do think a lot of it is on, you know, uncertainty of the new administration. And then you start seeing things like this, where investors are going to get taxed on unrealized capital, unrealized gains, and the uh, continuing push, which even though it seems to be on hold, but the continuing push of the incoming Yellen and the uh, Biden administration 
of making any private transactions, basically labeling them terrorism. Um, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. I still have uh, you know faith in crypto and Bitcoin and such like that, but um, we're definitely entering. I'm feeling as a new admin comes in, especially with how in the world can you? I, I don't know of any. I'm sure it's happened somewhere in the world, but to tax unrealized capital gains, that is like. That is devastating. I, I'm just kind of sitting here shell-shocked, going, what in the hell happened? <laughs> how can you even promote, you know, uh, how can you even uh, put that forth? And I could kind of see it in the market today where that's starting to push the dollar value down even further. Some of the major indexes weren't that strong. So when these characters, like Yellen says things, especially being such a well-known person, um, it has a lot of powerful sway in the market. But with that said, I will say that even with all that, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, um, there is some rather interesting and good crypto news that I definitely could could touch on. It shows that the deep state, in my opinion, and the uh, financial institutions of this world, the powers that be, people oftentimes think that the uh, deep state, the globalist, the, the technocracy is all one team. I've often looked at it as more like there's layers, kind of like a processor might have 16 cores. There's like 16 cores or 32 or 100 and, 100 and 1,250, who knows? There's endless layers to this you know, control structure. And I do believe that they're oftentimes at odds with one another. And I'm seeing that in, especially around crypto right now, I'm beginning to see you know, the government, the technocracy, um, the larger financial institutions, wealth management, uh, wealth managers, banks, uh, hedge funds. Not everybody is, I think, necessarily on board with the Great Reset. And I think uh, coming out of the, the, the shoot, I think with this whole proposing um, taxes on unrealized gains, you can see what side the administration is on. I think it looks like they're full speed ahead, Great Reset. They want to sign the get back in the Kyoto, Kyoto principle, uh, Kyoto, Kyoto um, agreement, um, Paris Accord, I think it was. Uh, and then you've got the Green New Deal. They're all full on with that thing, that stuff. So, wow, uh, we've definitely had a, uh, a collision of interests happen all of a sudden. Yeah, on purpose, too. You know, now this language is real dangerous because. Labeling somebody a terrorist or an extremist or insurgent because they want to pay somebody off-chain that's not using a U.S. dollar, that's a little extreme. But I was reading here over on Natural News because I've been following Mike Adams a little bit here. He's saying vaccine skeptics are now being labeled as extremists and terrorists. So what, what it seems that the, the global elite are very worried of people organizing that disenfranchised, angry people that just don't agree with what's going on at the moment that— it's all out in the open and bare for us to see that everything is, a, is a, an illusion and a hoax. They're worried that we're going to start to get together as, you know, a united energetic front. Forget the body. Forget the body and, and the physical realm for a second. This extends well beyond that. This goes into the energetic realms of base energies. And they're terrified that these base energies are going to coagulate into something larger. So they're trying to nip it in the bud, if you will, before it even gets started and has a chance to take hold and people get really organized. But this whole vaccine skeptics now, even if you say, well, I don't know, it hasn't been proven. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not, because there seems to be a lot of side effects from people. You know, they stopped in a few countries giving it. You know what? 
you have now been labeled an extremist by even asking or saying something as simple as that of just a real fact about the effects of people having these reactions. By even questioning it and saying that there's been reactions that you're questioning and wondering what's going on, they are now labeling you an extremist. And see, this is a dangerous language because they're going to be pushing everybody into this. You know, you're a terrorist if you use Bitcoin. You're a terrorist if you use crypto. Well, what's it going to be if they're using gold or silver? I mean, that's so off-chain, and nobody knows who has that. Now you're going to be labeled as a, you know, a government fundamentalist or whatever because you're using a silver to pay somebody around. Oh, how crazy could that be? Because another thing with the economy, you know. These oil drillers, and I just another thing that is just boggles my mind to no end. Not only Yellen coming in saying they want to crush the economy in many different ways economically, but now this whole new administration coming in and they're uh, putting moratoriums on all the oil and gas leasing in any federal lands. So 700 million acres of federal land that had oil and gas leasing is now off limits. So it accounts for about 22% of total U.S. production. And then you're cutting down the oil, then you're cutting up the, you know, the Keystone Pipeline. So it's this, as if this Great Reset is on purpose. You bankrupt the country, you steal everybody's wealth, you steal all their assets by these ridiculous, whatever, unrealized, that realized gains. You uh, criminalize speech for everything. Anybody who dissents is labeled as an extremist that needs to be put into and reeducated in a camp. And then they come up, and then the final straw is we can't have this economy continue forward in any way, shape, or form if gasoline's five or six dollars a gallon. That's impossible. That it's a complete. It, that's game over if it goes to five dollars a gallon on the gas. And with the amount of unemployment and the amount of unemployment, this closure of the uh, Dakota pipeline is going to cause. And I'm not a fan of oil spills. I'm not a fan of destroying environment. You know, I'm not a fan of that. It has been far too much of it. But the pipeline's already been built. Why would you say something that's already been built can't be used anymore? This is the most ridiculous thing. And to take 22% of U.S. energy production offline now on purpose to try to substitute windmills. I got a, I got a, a, a little snippet here for you. Semi-tractor trailers don't run on windmills. If anybody didn't get the point or the memo yet. So it seems it's a concerted effort across so many fronts to bankrupt this nation at this point. Take away all uh, a semblance of God-given rights and turn this into a totalitarian uh, mix and mash of economy, dystopian, I guess, technocracy in a fast fashion. Because, you know, Trump pushed everything off four years, so now they got to catch up. They got four years of catching up to do. And I just, it, it makes no sense to me after Yellen's. Thing. Oh, and then, then the fake news about a double spend on Bitcoin, which also crashed the price. And who was that idiot author that uh, said, oh, I made the mistake. Sorry, after after the market started to tumble a little bit because he was saying, oh, Bitcoin got spent twice. Oh, no, it was just a delayed transaction. Where's the retraction in the fake news in the media about that? This person writing an article in a major publication that's getting put out across the airwaves of the entire planet's top media says, Bitcoin got double spent. And then he goes, oh, I didn't know it was a delayed transaction. Like, this is the kind of news we're going into. You talked about the crypto being manipulated. Now we're going to get our assets manipulated, currencies being manipulated, and now the energy source for our planet, well, specifically the United States, is being manipulated. 
Like enough's enough. Now I see why they're trying to trigger everybody and label everybody because people are going to be like, no more, man. You can't take our country into this type of Venezuelan super fast track. Zimbabwe, next station. You know what I mean, Craig? <laughs> yeah, there's only so far that they can go. And I would say that one thing about labeling people, you know, terrorists they don't like. I mean, that's definitely something that you know, has taken place the last, you know, four years. It doesn't really matter that a person's a, you know, for Trump or against Trump. It doesn't really matter one's political leanings. Um, basically, if you're a MAGA person, um, you were a terrorist. You, <laughs> I mean, if you owned a business, you were a terrorist. So this didn't just start. Yes. It, it really got turned up. I mean, burning a city, occupying a city. Well, if you didn't, if you weren't for the summer of love in Seattle, which was terrifying, because I'm I lived there recently, and uh, you know, it was terrifying to the people who were living there. And people don't know the the violence that took place, the home, the the raiding of people's homes that took place um, when the uh, Chaz needed resources. It was it was it was devastating, and uh, the the business that left that that state um, outright or left that city at least. I mean, so basically. Uh, anybody who's not part of the neo-Bolshevik revolution has been a terrorist for four years, basically. It's nothing new. But now they're ramping that rhetoric up. And I think it's very dangerous because, um, you know, I think it was like in Gulag Akapelico, a great book on how beautiful socialism is, he does say that a free human being is one who's lost everything. And that one of the problems you have to watch out for is the governments do have to watch out for who push these kind of radical agendas are, well, once people lose everything, they're free, and they're also the ultimate kind of freedom fighter. They have nothing to lose, and a person with nothing to lose, well, that's a very, very dangerous person. And so it's my hope that we don't you know, accrue too many of those soon. Um, but with, like you're saying, gas going up in price, well, if Biden, or the, the current administration, here's the thing, something I want to do on the spiritual side of things, on the uh, kind of astrological side of things, is I'm going to have a couple of astrologers on the show, uh, Rating Creators, the podcast I do, um, and we're all going to do a new astrology for America. So it's going to be three different astrologers, and at different times they're going to look into this. Um, taking the inauguration moment when uh, Biden put his hand on the Bible, you know, um, and burned his fingers <laughs> when that happened. Yeah, right. His retina. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's just like, he's never been, he's never quite looked right since. Anyway, so it's like that moment. I wish they would have put holy water on that Bible. That would have, you would have watched his hand turn to smoke on that thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know how they pulled that off. They must have like done some dark blessing on it. Um, but we're going to do a new chart for America because I think here's the thing. Um, I do think looking at the America that Trump was the last president because here's the deal. You've got – it doesn't matter if a person likes him or not. Like I say, he was a leader. He had an agenda, whether one was for it or against it or liked part of it or didn't like part of it. There was a leader there who led the country. Um, and some say that – believe the election was uh, – rigged was manipulated some people actually have numbers they've come up with that are pretty substantial i think there's an argument made for this that he actually without their voter fraud would have gotten a hundred million votes some some do make that that that, that stand so 
He was a popular president, and there was a leader. Now we don't have one. I think right now you've got the deep state. You've got the technocracy. We have. This is the first time I think in history of this country there is no leader. There is just the people who put them there, put him there. So I think it's a good time to do a new chart, a new astrology chart for America on the moment he put his hand on that Bible, because I think that we need to look at America post-law and post-constitution and get some astrology on it and look at what we have in store and then basically how to how to thrive through that how to survive and do well through that because i think that we can see it as a negative thing or we can just say hey look things have changed and i think that's really the way we have to see it so that's something i'm going to try to do to help people out and help myself out is let's get the i'm going to ask some great astrologers that i know that have been on the, on the show before they're right now looking into it and we're going to do an amazing little segment on what is the new astrology for the new america which is post-constitution post-law, you know, basically, and it is a totalitarian neo-Bolshevik regime now, which is just nothing but full-on deep state technocracy. And that's what you're going to have to, that is the playground you've got to work in right now. <laughs> and so... Well, at least the EU, well, Craig, at least the EU gave you the go-ahead to start eating worms. So we got heavens. that going for us. Yeah. Well, and as far as gas prices, you're right. The Green New Deal... I mean, I know that uh, the current administration wants to get into that. And the thing about the Green New Deal, how they got the, how are they going to get the money to do that? In great part, well, hey, you can tax unrealized capital gains, um, but also they want to tax gas, especially tax you know carbon makers. So you know if you if <laughs> if you are a machine that makes carbon, you are now a terrorist. So. <laughs> <laughs> All these terrorist vehicles are going to be taxed. So it's scary, but it's also kind of exciting. Um, I'm, I guess I'm ready for it. And I can say that, that there are things you can do to take care of yourself. And something I'm noticing is, like I say, I think the technocracy, the deep state, there's a great book. It's called Superclass, and I forget the author, but if you look at Superclass, it, it's there. And there's an audible version of it now. It's on Amazon. And it gets in, he really, really dug into like the Davos meetings and this and different stuff. And he was a reporter there for a lot of this stuff. And so he really got into who is the superclass, who are the people who actually run the planet. And in general, I came across two things out of that book that really spoke to me. One, most of them are incredibly dumb. So the more power they have, the less that will actually happen. But also, um, most, um, Oh, goodness. Boom. Lost my train of thought just like that. They're dumb. And also most uh, – oh, sorry about that. It totally went boom. It, 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 it just jumped well, on let me my shake head. It. Maybe I can shake a thought loose yeah. here. See, it's not about the super class at the very top. It's the ones in that middle layer that are trying to prove to their overlords of their undying loyalty that are going to take it to the uber to prove to the uppers. And you get that base layer in the middle there that's trying to prove it to make it to the – the next step up the rung that'll make, do anything to get there to prove their loyalty. And those are the ones I think are the most dangerous and the ones to really look out for versus yes. at the very top, you know, the ones that. Yeah. Dumb and at odds. That's what it is. Dumb and at odds. So most are dumb, but also many of them are at odds with one another. So the layers of the technocracy, the deep state, the super class that is controlling things, manipulating things, they're not all on the same page. We have that going for us. And here's where I'm beginning to see that. And I originally gleaned it from that book, but Here's one. I do think cryptocurrency, since I do talk about that you know, quite a lot, I think this is one where there's dissension amongst the superclass, amongst the technocracy. Because – so Goldman Sachs recently, it was leaked 
um, but I don't think it was leaked. I think it was released, you know, through what what could be considered an anonymous source. It was somebody who worked there, but they didn't want to say who they were. Um, they are Goldman Sachs is looking at getting into custody for crypto, basically providing it as a, you know financial services for crypto, ma- mainly Bitcoin, to their customers. They're huge, right? And so that's big money right there. Then also BlackRock, a huge. I think they're the largest largest asset manager in the world. Yeah, the largest asset manager in the world with 7.8 trillion under management filed. Um, with the SEC this year for what they're going to be doing, what they're planning to do. They're going to get into some CMEs for Bitcoin, just kind of like a Grayscale is doing. So that is huge. So you've got these large financial institutions. You've got, you know, MicroStrategy. Uh, we all know that. They're buying lots of Bitcoin. Um, we have more Bitcoin being bought per day than is mined. And then if we also look at uh, right now, it was 78% when this article I just recently looked at was written, but that was a couple of weeks ago. So right now, we're I think it's about 80% of the Bitcoin that exists is not fluid. It's in hardware wallets. It belongs to individuals. It belongs to these larger companies like Grayscale. Um, and so, yeah, it's like 78% of the Bitcoin uh, supply. It's more like 80% now. It was, there was only about, uh, I forget how much was writing of this article was available, but now there's only about 2 million Bitcoin on exchanges right now that you can buy. And that's getting eaten up by larger larger financial institutions. So I think a couple of things hap- is, is happening. I think that the larger oh, wait, finan- Craig, let me stop you for a second there. Yeah. Did, how much did Grayscale just buy? Eighteen thousand Bitcoin or something? Just in every in the one day last week they bought. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was, a bunch it, was more. Like, it was like it was like their largest buy, and it was over thirty thousand in Bitcoin. You know, and so they don't really like. You can see where they're going, and. Um, yeah, so they're, they're massive. I wish I had that number right in front of me right now. But yeah, Grayscale's buying phenomenal amounts. So here's the thing. As these large financial institutions are buying it, well, they're buying it for themselves, but they're also buying it for people. People are buying it. Other companies are buying it. So they're an intermediary, but still they're making money off it. And you do have, like I say, MicroStrategy. There's going to be other, there's other companies that are doing it. And of course, us as individuals, we're doing it. You know, we're buying it to preserve our wealth. So I think that in the midst of this kind of, new, I would say, I call it like the neo-Bolshevik technocracy, as this has now landed. And I think it's time for America to have a new chart because the old one is done. You know, sorry, we're post-constitution, post-law, we are post-leaders. We don't have presidents anymore. So with that said, um, it really is time to hedge your bets. And so I'm not, you know, a financial consultant, not giving anybody advice, but I can say, if you look at what big money is doing, um, they're hedging into Bitcoin. So I think that's where you have a bit of maybe maybe coordination, but I also think dissension between uh, the layers of the technocracy of the deep state. And that's why you have like a Janet Yellen saying, oh, you know, that's Munchen was doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, Janet Yellen making that strong statement that, you know, she's very concerned because these transactions, they cannot monitor our terrorism. Okay, whatever. They're not. But still, um, this isn't so that there's there's the administration as one aspect of the deep state technocracy saying well we want to be, we want to be able to see all private wallets we're going to make you know private transactions illegal and and people have oftentimes you know said they say well you know the government can't get rid of crypto they can't it's here to stay usually focusing on bitcoin and i would say oh yeah the government can get rid of it real fast all they have to do is put a t on it call it terrorism and janet yellen already did and so did the previous administration but she just did very powerfully so if it becomes terrorism, 
to have Bitcoin without KYC, if you have a private wallet, um, I honestly think it would, it would just, most people would just hold on exchanges and other places. They wouldn't even have it locally. It's to be, be too risky. So then they can see those transactions. And of course, also, if they're going to start you know, taxing unrealized uh, uh, capital gains, well, now legally, if you're in America, you have to have it declared. You have to report to them. You can't make transactions they can't see. Wow, it gets really heavy really fast. So we might be looking at some Bitcoin regulation that we don't really like, but at the same time, big financial institutions like Grayscale. And now Goldman Sachs has only said that they're just getting involved, that they're just looking at custody. But let's face it, I mean, most likely, I'll say for entertainment purposes only, they've probably been over-the-counter buying massively before making before leaking that announcement. And like I said last show, what happens when Elon Musk and Joe Rogan say that they're going to get, that they're buying crypto? Boom, to the roof. So I would literally say that there's dissension. These big financial institutions, they want to stay afloat. These companies want to stay afloat. Individuals want to stay afloat um, during the Great Reset, which they know is happening. Um, and so I think Bitcoin is one of the ways that they're doing it. And I, I just feel that from all the news I look at since I do crypto all day, um, I think that Bitcoin, even though we're going to hear a lot of FUD, and I would warn people, you're going to hear a lot of FUD like that double spend story right now. The forces that be, we'll call it the superclass, is trying to to be. There's a liquidity crisis. They can't buy as much as they want. If they if they run the exchanges out of Bitcoin tomorrow, the price is going to go astronomical. So they need to keep the price manipulated to some extent while they're over counter while they are over the counter buying, which is really under the counter buying. It's where the exchanges buy for them and they keep that from making the price pump. They do it algorithmically. So this is a great time. To be hedging one's bets into crypto, I think, because I believe that well, these, yeah, well, Craig, it, so, it sounds like they're just trying to shake everybody, like the average yeah, person, out of their out they of their are. BTC, right? Yeah. So and, what about all these wallets that were lost? You know, people lost their keys. They lost, you know, I mean, how can they even prove what it is? Because you talk about the inception of crypto from the last, let's say, ten years ago until now. How much of that's stranded and never going to ever move again or it's been locked in a wallet hasn't moved in like years and years and years because obviously somebody lost the key or whatever couldn't can't get to it so what are they going to do come back on you and say well you bought it from so let me, let me run a mind experiment you bought it from coinbase like shoot when coinbase let's say day one when coinbase opened and you put it into a a, a, pri a hardware wallet and you lost it when you moved and you lost all the pay you don't know what it is and then is the government going to go, well, you, you transferred that over to your wallet, and now it's, you know, and it was you got it at 1000 and now it's 30 You're going to have to pay. Wait, I don't own the wallet because I lost the key. I can't get a hold of it. And they're like, no, 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 no. The transaction went from there to there. And even if you don't own it and you can't get the key, and you're like, oh, I just forgot it was 1000 bucks back then. I never even thought about it because all it was was 1000 bucks that I lost back then. Like those kind of things. And then they're going to perpetually tax you on something you can't access. Is that where it's going to go to? Curious. Yes. Absolutely, it will. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It it is perfect. Well, I think with the FUD, yeah. Um, well, especially when you ask questions like that, it makes people afraid to own it. It then then they start selling it, and larger financial institutions buy it up, and the wealthy people buy it up, and you and I buy it up, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to see lots and lots of FUD. We're going to see uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt about Bitcoin. I would say to those people who are involved in, in cryptocurrency, etc., or even if you're not. Um, this really comes down to gold and silver, too, and other assets, uh, real estate. I think they're going to start making us afraid of these you know, wealth-building assets 
Because when you start talking about a capital gains, unrealized capital gains tax, well, who's going to want to own a home? There's too many people who just get by. They, the, sure, maybe they have equity, but they can't do anything with it unless they sell the house, and it's not their intent. So you're going to see, you know, houses selling, and who's going to buy those? I mean, what, how would that affect this housing market if you, if you have this crazy capital gains tax? That's not going to be very fun. So, or unrealized capital gains, I should say. I, I yeah. think they might just like, I think they would do like they did in Detroit. They did, the state would take possession of the house and they go in and destroy it because there were too many of those houses on and they just wanted to try to drive the price up with lack and scarcity. So as soon as they would take possession of a house, they go in and destroy it completely or, you know, de deconstruct it and salvage the metal and the wood out of it. Yeah. And take those literally off, literally out of existence. So there's nobody that could move more out to the countryside. Because the whole plan with the Great Reset is to get everybody out of the countryside into and in back into the cities. Well, right now there's a huge flood of people out. And for these next, you know, two to five years, an enormous amount of tidal wave of people are going to be moving out to the countryside. So if they're going to get hit with unrealized gains because their land's rising in value so much because there's such a demand for countryside land now, those people out in the countryside that really don't have much that were there 25 years ago, they bought their land super cheap, and now it's really expensive. Those people don't have the money. It's just because their land went up in value, and nobody's going to chip off two acres to sell you know, to, to make enough money because nobody wants those extra people around them. So then you get into the whole conundrum of, you know, they bought it for a thousand dollars an acre and it's worth, you know, twenty thousand an acre, but they had two hundred acres and in the but they live in a in a thirty-five year old mobile home that's barely held together with duct tape. And then the gov's gonna come out there and go, Oh, you got six hundred thousand dollar unrealized gain and you owe us forty percent of that, so your tax bill is two hundred and forty thousand dollars this year, or we're gonna confiscate your land. Right? And then you, then they get into this conundrum. I could see already how it's going to work, man. That, that dangerous, very dangerous. Oh, it is. Yeah. And so that's going to scare. I mean, it, I do know that people were selling houses. There's a bit of an increase here in Scottsdale of homes on the market and being sold just because of the expectation of greater capital gains. Um, so you start thinking that the actual housing market sped up here. People were selling because of they wanted to get the house sold because of greater capital gains that were coming up. And now what's going to happen when you yeah, have unrealized gains are being taxed. It's crazy. Well, with crypto specifically, I would say I've already seen it. We've seen the double spend story and we're going to see a lot more. I would say that the, it's just my, I would say feeling based on following these things very closely uh, that I do think that the big money, cause it is, it's buying Bitcoin expensive right now. I mean, grayscale and, uh, and others are buying expensive Bitcoin. So they don't even care. They just buy it. So I think 30K is nothing to them. They don't care. They'll, they'll buy it at 30,000 right now. They're not, they're, not, they're not trying to buy dips. They're, they're constantly buying with over-the-counter algorithms going. So they don't even care if the FUD dumps the price a little bit. So I think that, at least for me, a confident play I have right now in the whole Great Reset as it comes is, really is cryptocurrency. We'll see regulation that we don't necessarily like. We might even see taxes. But ultimately, I think it's the only safe haven that I know of right now. People can do gold and silver if they want. It does work, of course. But for me, I, I think it's been given the nod. And that's just my take on it. It's been given the nod that you will be safe here because that's where there is no one deep state. There's no one technocracy. And I think it's at odds. I really do because um, I just don't see the big money that's buying it 
buying it simply to have some idea of shorting it. They have too much. They couldn't really short it. It would just crash the market. I don't know. What what are your feelings on that? What do you think? What safe well, havens I, are, are people going to for the Great Reset? Well, I think, I think being able to grow food and have access to food and seeds is going to be one thing. Huge. But see how it is? Like PayPal allows you to get cryptocurrency through there, but you can never take possession of it. Yeah. Like you, you can own the crypto in PayPal because they have that base layer under there. And hell, they, they might not even have it, and they're just saying you could buy it because you can't take possession of it. And they could just follow the market on a paper on, a, on a, just a dollar ratio, and they might not even have any back in that, but they could just say you own it because you can't take it. So then what if all these other institutional players follow the same thing? Oh, we own it all. We're the gatekeepers to it, but you can never take physical possession of it. And this is where I see it's going is once all of it's swooped up out of there, you know, would you sell your Bitcoin at a million dollars? I'm sure you would. And then what? Well, then you have a million U.S. dollars out there or die or some other kind of equivalent. And if you swap over into, let's say, die and you're on a, on a, a decentralized contract for a dollar equivalent for a stable coin, then what? How, how do they come after you for that point? Because if you're going to do a swap on a, on a wallet like Exodus where they don't even know you have it, then what? I mean, there's going to be all the and that's only for Americans anyway. Unless every government across the planet starts, you know, playing the same shenanigans. But I do think land is going to be a good one because the whole land thing, they actually have to come and confiscate it and get you off the land. But if they're doing it to a bunch of people around, there's going to be some serious pushback. Yeah, they could do it in left-leaning states. In California, you'd probably get your land taken there, your house confiscated and all this kind of. But places, you know, in the southeast U.S. just would not play that game. They, they might force a bank and, you know, the bank could come rolling in and say, well, we've got to foreclose, take the house because you didn't pay your unrealized capital gains and this and that. And who's to say, you know, like right now with the IRS, you can do on payments, right? Yes. Well, what's to say in the future? It's like, if you don't pay in the year, we'll take it. Well, you know, they could change the rules too. No, there's no more payment plan. It's either you pay it or you lose it. And this could be a real quick flip as well. And, uh, but they have to actually come and, occupy your house and take your house. But if they're doing that through a large amount of autonomous zone inside like the remote Tennessee mountains or the remote Georgia countryside or in Arkansas or South Carolina, that's not going to fly. You know, the, the, it might take, they may be able to get away with taking the first five, 10 people's land. But then once, you know, the news is traveling and they, they start to, everybody's starting to get pinched like that. Again, that's what the, they're terrified right now is everybody's realizing that it's such a scam going on with everything that we're seeing in front of us. And they're trying to squell and quash any kind of um, organizational resistance right now before it gets organized. Because after a few more months, it's going to get organized. This whole thing about deplatforming everybody and making you not allowed to talk is all about getting this resistance out of the way. The same thing. It'll, then this next zone will be the economy. And uh, the, then the next zone will be personal possessions. And they're going to have to try to speed it up because you get about two months before people get really organized and start pushing back politically uh, with the law on their side. You know, you get uh, different class action lawsuits pushing back. So they're going to try to continually steamroll as fast as they can with a supersonic jet speed before anybody can get organized. So you can already see how fast it's moved in these first two days. This is about the speed that these things are going to get unrolled. But having an international passport would be one. I saw the global passport, and a lot of people laughed at it until 
they learn how many world leaders have this uh, global world passport. You know, where do you go after the U.S.? If you do escape out of here and you have all your money intact and you run with your crypto wallet and you're like, I'm out of here, see you later, then where do you go to? There's nowhere on the planet you can go because it's all locked down. It's all COVID-saturated rules now. There's nowhere to run. It's like you're locked in your country. So what, do you, what can you invest in to hold wealth and value? Yeah, crypto, gold, silver, and land, and seeds, seeds, and your ability tools as well, to seeds and tools, something to create more out of something. No, it's true. It's perfect. And you look at the Great Depression and when they would try to come and uh, repossess property, it didn't always go so well for the bankers that came out to do it. And it wasn't initially, but after a while. Yeah, it, the, the farmers just decided they weren't going to let them do it anymore in some areas. So, yeah, I would say that I'm all about it. I love it. That's what I could do. I mean, we're, we are working on getting our land and our ranch also and such. I mean, I think that that's perfect. Being self-sufficient. I think also definitely it's, it's not a currency per se, but I think there's a currency of being out of. And I wish people didn't call them this because I'm way too close to one right now. <laughs> But the blue murder zones, <laughs> I'm like, being a person who lives very close to a blue murder zone can say, I can tell you, it's very, very disturbing. And the um, extreme desire to get out of it is there. And so that's definitely something that will happen in 2021. Probably will still live here too, but definitely will have an, another another property or two that we can, that we'll be spending time at. So something else I see as far as this great reset right now, and it is... It's going to happen faster and more extreme than one is ready for. So just kind of be ready for the outlandish story every day because I think that being it may become a norm and we have to make sure that we stay vigilant because like the idea of unrealized capital gains tax, that's insane. That was today. Oh, uh, a lot of FUD stories to try to scare people out of Bitcoin so the uh, weak hands can give it to the strong hands. That was today. I think every day it's going to start to be like just a, a fear clown show. And so I think people really need to be ready for that. And, you know, something that might help people, at least I know for us that we work on is, um, yeah, getting out of the cities, get to where it's rural, to where life has more life, to where life is more sacred, to where you can have some peace, where you can walk barefoot on the ground and connect. Because, um, you know, as the world gets more insane, you're going to have to have that internal Noah's Ark, you're going to have to have that internal stillness. And, you know, one way to, you know, cultivate that ultimately um, is just be in nature. It's just be rural. Just being there alone will help an individual stay saner and to not be around the insanity that's taking place. Because I know here, being close to a blue murder zone, um, people are only getting nuttier. And I would say since the inauguration, there's been this weirdness that I've been seeing. So many people have just realized that the world changed. Right, and I've been here with Craig Simpson from Radiant Creators Podcast. You can check him out anywhere podcast hosts across the net, radiantcreators.com. I'll be back with you after the break. And Craig, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye.